close call with death. Have you had one? I have. I've had a lot of them, but who's counting? In this session, we'll talk about the events of those of us that have come dangerously close to death and had the great luck or destiny to elude death and carry on. Enjoy the show. So today, um, I have Ash, or Leslie Hubrick in uh, studio with me today and was actually introduced to you or brought together with you from Ashlyn Nielsen, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and that was fantastic because um, I just love her and her husband and all the adventures they're on and they live up not too far from you, I believe. And, um, and they said, you've got to interview Leslie and, and get her story. And so I'm so glad you're here with me today. Welcome to uh, Close Call with Death. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you, Bob. This Thank is going to be a great experience together. It, it is. It is going to be a great one. Tell me about you. Tell me, give me a little bit of background about who you are. Um, my name is Leslie and I grew up here in Utah. Um, I grew up as an LDS um, child here, and I love this culture here, and I'm just passionate about life. I've, I've always had just this um, zest for life, and I, grew, I just, I'm happy to keep living my life here, um, and that's what this story is all about. Is so, yeah, it, it is about our close calls with death. And we're going to jump into that for a second. You, yeah. um, married? Yes. Children? I'm, yes, I'm married. I just recently married my sweetheart, Dan, three years ago. And he's just helped me through this amazing stage of our life. And we have, I have four children and he has three children and we've combined families. So seven children all together. Yes. That's a big group. It is. It's a great group. It's <laughs> fantastic. Well, I met Dan when you drove up and, um, you guys absolutely go together. You have great energy and, uh, are, are just so meant to be together it seems like yeah yeah we 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 really are each other's like twin flames you know we just we he i just i he's like my 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 true soulmate that's what it mm -hmm. really is mm -hmm. and when you really make each other a better version of who they are and that's what it's all about. You're a stronger flame together sure. and you bring out the best in one another. That's when you know it's just some great divine relationship. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. When, um, when you really find your soulmate, it, it just be, is easy. Like, I mean, uh, you don't have to try so hard, you know, for things to just gel and, and, um, so. Yeah. And they create this sacred space for you to actually become the bigger version of who you are yeah, and that truly is the best gift you can give one another. <laughs> I love that. Well, Leslie, tell me, um, you know, we're here on the show, close call with death. And so we're going to be talking about your uh, experiences. Talk to us about what led up to your close call with death. Um, well, this is just, um, a recent experience that has happened nine months ago. And this is, this is different than I've also had one when I was 13 years old. And, but this one here, um, led up the way it led up to it is we were just, me and Dan were, um, 
on a little camping trip and we were paramotoring and talk, on, talk about that. What is paramotoring? Okay. Because this is new to me, what you were doing. It's and I, I don't know much about it. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it's like paragliding. So you have a parachute above you and you're hanging in a har- sitting in a harness and they have a motor behind you, hence paramotoring. And so you are standing on your feet and you turn on the motor and you run and you take off with your wing and you can steer through the sky and you're, you're, it's the smallest ultralight you could fly. So it's like a motorcycle in the sky. It's so fun. And I've been a paraglider pilot for many years before this. And then I, we recently got paramotors and thought this would be a fun activity to do together. So have you always been kind of like an extreme sport enthusiast? Yes. I just, I love it. I just love living life as full as I possibly can. And, and so we're out there paramotoring and it is an evening flight. We're taking off. We're both rushed and, um, I was living the life of my dreams. At this point, I had the healthiest body, the man of my dreams. I'm, I fell on top of the world, right? Yeah. And from one second, taking off, um, I went up in the sky, and an oncoming pilot came, and I went to miss a tree. Nonetheless, my wing stalled, and I was about um, 50 feet, maybe 60 feet up in the, in the air, and um, my wing stall, and I didn't know it did, and I, all I felt was this weightlessness in my chair, and it just went boom, and all of a sudden this voice just said, I'm going to be okay, and off I went, and I went, but you know what, on that, Leslie, it, 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 most people would feel, I'm not going to be okay, yeah. this is bad, uh, <laughs> this could result in a horrendous outcome, why do you think you got that thought, you know, I'm going to be okay, yeah. in, in the midst of something so chaotic? I'm so glad you came back to that, because this is such a big opener to the beginning of this experience, it was not me that said it only, it was a voice that spoke as an inner voice that says, you're going to be okay. Like buckle up cowgirl. Something's going to happen. You're going to be okay. That was the last thing I heard before I went spiraling down and I looked down and I saw my feet and that's that tunnel of life. People talk about that tunnel. It looked like a wormhole. And I looked down at my feet and my feet entered this energy hole and it went and I could feel everything about the hole and coming out the other end of it when the light and energy compressed and I and I went out to the other end of this hole and then it was weightlessness and my experience started but on the earth side what these people saw is me I'm going down spiraling with me and my motor and it was more like a slingshot because my wing went down and I thought full throttle full throttle so I'm clicking on the throttle with no wing so I have all this combustion of energy and it was like a rubber band effect in the air so it like snapped my my wing had so much force because of the motor and the wing going opposite directions that it spiraled me with even accentuated force into the ground just me and my motor and as I was going down, my feet straightened out and I tightened my body somehow. And it was the only way that I would have survived. The only way. Because I hit my heel with such force, it popped my spirit out of my body. And I had this experience, this crossing over, if you will, to another place that took a very long amount of time. But on earth time, it was just hit the ground and I'm here. And I stayed in my, like I stayed aware. I never passed out, but there was that split second that tremendous things happened to me that was not measured in this time. 
if I can, you know. Yes, let's go there. Let's talk about that. Um, And it started kind of coming together and unfolding, and it still is piece by piece. It's still, it's a lot to take in for anybody, you know. But I went out that compressed tunnel of energy, you know, Mm -hmm. the other side. And then all of a sudden, it was just this, this weightlessness, and it was... Uh, it was, I went to this travel, I went to this location and there was many spirits and souls there and we are going out to our respected uh, tribes or our places of learning or mm-hmm. our, our homes, you know, our, and it was this, it was like a filter where we go to our, our origins, where we where we are schooled and with um, master guides and it's your community of growth, you know? And it takes some time to go there and then I ended up there and um, I had um, a very, very, very life-changing experience that I'm not ready to share yet the details of it all because it's just meant for me for this moment. But nonetheless, I chose, I it, I was told that my life, literally, I was shown even with this, uh, uh, even um, visually was shown that my life literally hit center, dead on the center, 50-50. I could either stay there or come back. It's literally 50-50. What do I want to do? And... So, you know, on that point right there, yes, it was up to you. Yes. It was up to you which way you went forward or backwards. Um, and it's interesting that you had that agency, that opportunity to decide for yourself. Absolutely. And when I was 13 and I had another near-death experience, same thing. It's always given an agency. This is our creation. This is our, we are divinely created to live our destiny and if you don't do it now, you'll want to still do it later. You still want to ever expand. But what I was reminded there of was a bigger purpose, a destiny, a, a, something more that still needs to be done. Yeah. And when you feel this divine source goodness of energy that you just know is your origin and you resonate with, you'll do anything that perpetuates that same energy. And you gladly say, yes, I'll be a part of that. And so when I came back into my body and made that decision after the conversation, it was literally like a, a, a discussion and wise wise ones were around and we just it was a discussion and i was able to deliberately decide yes or no to come back and when they walked up on me and i'm laying on the motor my hips are literally torn apart like like up in the center my hips separated by inches and and shard by inches and broke and shattered in a million pieces from the inside out and I was literally in two pieces and my foot, everything shattered in there. It went up into my body, my waist shattered there, broke my back, broke my ribs. Like I, like they didn't even know how I was speaking. And I was speaking like I was completely aware and in my body. And I said, I know my purpose. Wow. I know my purpose. And from that point forward, 
we prayed everywhere we go with because I'm so excited to be back here <laughs> because of that experience. And now that's made this um, this agreement of coming back into my body and the pain that I would undertake and the path that would be in front of me. I I knew why, and I never, I, I knew why I took it on, and because it had meaning for me. And so with the amount of pain that I was told I would go through that I cannot describe to anybody, it was the deepest Gethsemane of pain that you would ever, I don't, I, that you could be in your body for an extensive amount of time. Mm-hmm. Three and a half weeks before they even put me on morphine. And I only slept an hour and a half a night. And the pain was so bad, I had to have a, a ski bar, like a ski rope above my bed just to hold my weight up off my hips. And I would just shake and tremble and put toilet paper rolls or anything to prop my back up just to be off of my hips. And the pain was... I became comfortable in the pain because that was all that you could do. But I had 24 seven care, like all night, all day, because the pain was, the care was beyond. How, how does, how do you get through that kind of intense pain? How, how did, do you push through and make it from, do you just take it one second at a time, one minute at a time, one step? Of, talk, talk about that. How does a person get through that kind of pain and go forward? Oh. If you have purpose, you can get through anything, really. And if I, I knew I chose this, I knew I came back, and I was so excited about this cleansing that it was doing. It that's why I had. I it's just as a personal thing. It's why I went was given given that opportunity to go through the pain because it sanctifies. It does something you can't describe, and. I, I chose to take it on. I chose to. And each each obstacle in life is put in front of you for a reason. Are you going to become something bigger from it and utilize it? Or are you going to become smaller from it? It's totally your choice. Like every decision in life is legit what you take out of it. And that's how I got it. That's how I was able to get through it is through the the help of my divine creator, really. So it's like you decide whether something's a blessing or it's not. Mm-hmm. You oh, decide that. Mm-hmm. And and th- this could have been a curse. You could have saw this as just absolutely the most brutal thing that God threw in your path or the life itself did. But you, you embraced it, you, not gladly, but you, for, you just have a grit personality that embraced the bad knowing there's purpose and good in the future, right? Yes, but gladly. I do gladly take it. And is I always keep telling my husband, this happened for me, not to me. I'm so grateful. I would not actually have taken it away. Like, I wouldn't wish my life never had this experience because there's so many pearls within it that I know I have a divine creator. Now I know I have a purpose. I'm passionate about living what I know is my individual path, you know, and if we can come back and make the world a better place by this, 
what God gives each one of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like each mm-hmm. one, if your talent is just, you're, you have a pretty smile. If you can just smile at a lot of people, use that talent, we make the world a better place. That's really perpetuating goodness. And that's, if it we sure can, would. in fact, I even told my husband today, if you can just do two things and just say, I just want to continue to be a better version of myself every day. And the second thing is, I want to leave this world a better place than where I came from. And be, if you do those two things, you're going in the direction of bless and God and goodness and your highest potential, like your your development. Your, and you're also blessing the place where we are and we're taking of its Make resources. It yes, yes. For sure. My gosh. So, um, Leslie, who's your biggest support? Like how did, who was there by your side when you went through these tough times? Who was your biggest support? Of hands down, my husband, Dan. Yeah. He has been my biggest support and gives me my space when it is hard. You know, you just break down, you just cry because the, you just cry. And somebody that understands you. Yeah. It's literally like it's, everybody needs that person. So it's been my wonderful, sweet husband and then my mother as well. She has been the kindest and closest supporter in my life. People just kind of come out of the woodwork in support to help you after you made it, you were alive and you were going through this. Did, did you have just people reach out to you? Oh, yes. And yeah, there's there so many people that were just so kind and loving and support and supporting. And we just ended up um, having hours that people could visit and not because I could only take a little bit because the pain was so extensive that I could just do it for a moment. And then I had to just have my personal time just to grit the pain. And I just didn't want to be shaking. And I was in diapers I think everything didn't work. Like I, I, I went from like being on top to like the low of the low, the low, yeah, the low of the low. And it it was okay. It's where I needed to be. And it was a sacred place. I mean, I tell you, when you walked in that room where I was healing there, it was a temple. There was my brother that passed away years before. He's been with me this entire process. I felt his energy in the hospital and through the entire process. In fact, he braced my motor as it hit the ground. There's no logical way that my body could have even withstood this impact. The doctors don't even know how one could have survived that crash. It was impossible. Yeah, there are miracles, and you are one of them. You know, you were just living proof that uh, these miracles happen, and and uh, a person can survive this. Talk to me about the rehabilitation uh, period. Well, like... From the time you were injured, how long does it, were you in the hospital and then, Mm -hmm. and then, and then move to the next step? How long has that been? And it's not over, is it? No. The the rehab is not over. Talk to us about that. So when I went in the hospital, we had a gathering of doctors having to look at this extensive situation. I was life flighted to a level one trauma center in Palm Springs and the best of the best doctors, in fact, she said only three of them in the entire country knew how to operate these operations because like the pubic synthesis, everything on the inside was so shattered that you couldn't even bring weight to bring the hips back together. So you have to build like these rings out of bones enough to support pressure to start putting pins and anchors and everything back together. So, I mean, it, it was um, every, 
it was a miracle from the beginning and we needed God's help and pray every step of the way. And the, the doctors actually gathered together as a committee to discuss how, who's going to do what. And she came in and she said, first of all, you had to wait three days because I had so much internal bleeding that I was like pregnant. Like, it was just huge. And so I'd wait three days and just live in these broken bones. Um, and then we went in and she said, you will only be able to take a three and a half hour surgery. And there might not be a, you might not make it. I just have to be honest. Like you might not come out of this. There's just too much. We don't know what we're going into. And how did you take that news when she t shares that with you? What went through your mind? I looked at her and I said, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this, but only with the help of the divine. And so... Before going into the surgery, we all met together in the operating room. We had a prayer in tears as the anesthesiologist, her, my husband, and me put arms around each other. <laughs> we had to pray for more than what we could do. And they all knew it. And we went in what was going to be a three and a half hour surgery. She went nine hours into the night and she worked and worked and worked and put my body back together piece by piece and I know that she didn't just work on my bodies there were angels that were working on my body I needed that there was only there was only way and she couldn't even finish writing her notes the doctors didn't even know everything she did the next day they said she went home so exhausted she had to update her notes the next day of even what happened to me during the operation and that, that was just the hip surgery. Three days later, I was in the hospital. They were transferring me on the MRI table, and they broke the, all the top of my hips oh, and back my across by not transferring me correctly. Like oh. the the board was too high, and they dragged me across it, and and she it accentuated the problems so bad. So with the operation, I barely had three days ago putting the hips back together finished the cracks all the way to now through the hips, all the way up. And oh. the cracks were so wide, they'd never seen them actually separate this wide, like as far as, and I instantly knew right then when my, my back broke, that second came into my brain and said, whatever comes out of this, I'm going to use for good. And so there will be some settlement for whatever. And they had to put some permanent pins now into my pelvis and back that will keep my back from all now not moving ever in some lateral movement. But I, I take it on willingly because something will good come out of this and I'm going to do something good with it. You and, already are yeah. doing something wonderful with it. Yeah. So anyways, I'd say. And then, and then three days later is my foot surgery and they had to put all my foot and pins and back together. And they said, there's not the, the specific surgeries. They couldn't have one more centimeter of hardware or anchors that could fit anywhere. They had to like special order the things to fit as much metal into my body that would put it back together. And so the repair has been very extensive and staying in the hospital and coming home. And, and in fact, they said I shouldn't even be out of my wheelchair until February, 2023. I should still be in my wheelchair on pain pills. And I've worked through being in from a wheelchair going from that to a walker, um, and then from a cane, different kinds of canes, and now I'm cane free. And You're I'm cane free. Yeah, I'm and I, so, 
I'm even playing pickleball. So, oh my gosh, you are incredible. Seriously, that's amazing. And you're so happy about it. I love your energy and enthusiasm. You do have some tremors. And, and yeah. is that due to nerve damage? Yeah. Uh, was there any uh, damage to the brain you know, from an impact like that? Nope. That's, so no damage was done to the brain. Again, this is not, it's not a, tr- a brain trauma thing. Like this is, these are real life experiences, but yes, I do yeah. have tremors and people can't see it now, but my body shakes a lot and it's come a long way, but it's because my spinal cord was so close to severing. It could not have been even closer with my back breaking. Yeah. So it's just, it's my spinal cord tremors that are still working through my body, but they're getting so much better and I'm almost going to be tremor free too. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You know, you, you have such an upbeat attitude. How much of your recovery success do you think is due to a positive attitude uh, towards the whole thing. Thank you for bringing that up because I think it's, it's almost, it's everything. The body, the mind is so suggestive. When you say, oh, I got this. Oh, I'm going to get through this. And that's literally all the thing that you, that's the only thing that goes through your mind. That's, that's, I've never not said, I got this. I got this. I got this. Through the night, even to myself, I'd hold on to that bar, hold myself up off the bed. Just, I got this. I got this. I got this. You know, and your body says, I got this. And it acts like I got this. And it starts healing. Yes. It is so suggestive. We need to be our best. We need to be the voice for our body. We do for sure. We need to encourage it and it'll do its job. I mean, it's designed to, to heal what it can. Yes. There are times when we need surgeons and you had an amazing surgical team Mm -hmm. that that helped you. Have you heard back from the head surgeon, that lady that worked on you all those hours? Have you even connected with her since that surgery? I haven't, but I really want to. And I know I will because she was, I, in fact, I even knew her and she knew like we knew we were meant to come together. She was one of my angels that was here to welcome me back. In fact, when I came back, my, the veil was still so thin from that experience that even in the hospital, I recognized some people like, oh, you're an old soul. We've been friends before. In fact, and so I'd go in my wheelchair, I'd go past some of these rooms and I'd stop and like, for example, Billy, he was some terminal ill gentleman there we became friends like this he was like I gave him a rose on Valentine's Day because I was in the hospital and he drew me a picture and we we've known each other before and the veil was very thin wow it's hard you don't come back and instantly have it closed off you know yeah and that's another thing people don't talk about as you've had so many near-death experiences it's you come back from something so changed, it takes a while to adjust and acclimate, and you're never fully acclimated again. You're forever changed as a person, forever. Yeah, and, and uh, it depends on how much you embrace that and what you're going to do. And, I, and that leads a perfect segue into what I want to ask you next is that what do you, Leslie, want to do with the rest of, like, you know, you've reached halftime and there's probably a lot of game ahead of you still left to play, but, um, where do you want to go from this point? What sort of things do you want to do with this gift, this life that's been given you, uh, that you've grabbed onto and said you have this, what do you want to do going forward? What message do you want to send? Yes. The message that I want to send 
is I want to bring hope, love, and encouragement to the people that are going through difficult times. I want to be able to relate to people that are going through traumatic experiences in their life, hard times, depression, um, just lack, lack, lack of zest for life, you know? Um, I want to help reunite, re reignite that in people because life is meant to be lived. And I want to do that going forward. I want to, I want to make a difference now in the, the, my healing journey, if it can help anybody else. And I want to inspire people to be their best version, their color, their rainbow. Be that here and let's be a light together because we can make a great impact together in this For sure. world. Well, and you know what? None of us really know how long we're supposed to be here. Mm. We, we all probably have a, a time where we check out where, where it's not out. It's out of our hands and, and we're not able to live on this life anymore, but there's so much more to live on the other side. Those that have suffered a loss of a loved one, a child, a, a, a dependent, a, a spouse, uh, you know, those are horrendous things to endure when you lose that person and they go to the other side. Um, what do you, you know, you've, you've experienced this where you've had the, the, the veil open and you see what's on the other side and mm -hmm. you see what's here and you see what your, your trip has been. What do you say to the people that, um, have not been so fortunate to have more time to live out their life? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of hope, what kind of uplifting message can you give them? That there is a divine creation in it all. When you learn to be more in flow with just what is, what comes, and flow with it, rather than trying to control it, there is a divine creator, a divine process, and everyone has their process, their way. We can all get through this, and we will all see each other Again, again, a hundred percent. And there's the, even this life that we're all living, everything has a purpose. So just find the purpose and where you're at and realize that heaven is never a place you're going to go to. It's not a place to go. It's not a, it's not a place. It's a being. It's a way of life. Live in heaven, live, li live a joyful and in intentive life here on this planet. And then that's the purpose and flow with what comes in and out of your life. You know, there's been so much heartache that has come through life and I'm sure it has with a lot of people, but there are opportunities of refining moments. In fact, maybe even just called blessings. For sure. For sure. This has been, um, just impactful to you and, um, a, a real gift. What is the biggest takeaway? Do you think, or are there many takeaways? What would you say is the greatest lesson or lessons that you've learned from all this? The biggest lesson that I have learned from this is that goodness is the way to go. You, 
all things are possible when you have a connection with this source that you realize is so intertwined in our lives. And when we can actually build a cohesive relationship with this divinity in our lives, and it's a personal relationship, it'll become, life will become more of a dance. It'll become joyful, and it'll become what it was intended to be, that there is a master plan in all of this. And we are part of that. We create our destiny, and I hope that we can all create a good one. That's great. It's a great attitude to have. Um, were you ever really, were you ever down, Leslie? You know, and, and uh, I mean, really down where uh, depression set in. And, and how did you address it? Um, yeah, there were times that for sure, man, I broke down and just like sometimes was too much, you know, like too much, too long, too hard, too much, just, yeah, depression would set in. In fact, I needed to go on an antidepressant during that time to cope with it. And that's okay. There are medicine and resources and doctors and professionals out there that we are meant to reach for in the right times. We need to reach for people. We need to reach for community. There's been, there's so many people that are going through things and we don't call for help with our community, our family. We don't let them know what we really need. And I think if we, I would love to be able to remind people to reach for that, your resources and let them really know what you're going through because everyone's going through something. And if people are at least more aware, we can team up together and help one another. But let's try to look for those people around us too. Like, can we just all stop being a little more, less selfish, you know, and just like help a fellow traveler a little bit. It's almost karmically just, if you want to be selfish, it helps you, you know, makes you, but why not? Let's make, come on, you guys, let's just, let's help one another. It's much more fun to celebrate together. Um, I've always just thought about this journey, you know, uh, going through this life and into the next or in a, in a race you're running along or, and, and you, you're racing against other competitors. Um, isn't it, more fun when you can pull somebody who's struggling along with you or somebody's in front that's starting to, to run out of gas and you can push them. (laughs) And when you get to the finish line, you got somebody with you to share that glory with. Heck yes. Yes. And you're like, this was our race. Like we're all intertwined together. And that's what people have done for me. I can truly say, I know the power of prayer and fasting and good intent. It literally carries people. Like I went to a point that was so low, but I couldn't go even lower because the sustaining of these blessings and energy from people that are wishing well and praying for one another, it literally does boost you up. It is a power, literally. And if I would love, now that I'm now on the receiving end, to say, it really does work, guys. It, like, let's send good love, good fortune, and energy to people, because it does sustain those that need it. I promise that. (laughs) Big believer of that. What's, there's a, a Leslie before, and then this traumatic experience of close call with death, and then there's this Leslie afterward Mm -hmm. that that is evolving and and continually changing. What's the biggest difference between that, that Leslie before and the Leslie now? Oh, there's a big difference. I, okay. So I've, my, my past is I would allow people 
to take advantage of me, walk all over me. And I didn't have any healthy boundaries for myself. I didn't have any self-respect. Um, I was seeking for approval because I felt out of whack and not, I didn't know where it, it was completely distorted coming from an abusive relationship from one to the next to the next. It's just like a tumbleweed that just gets tossed and tossed and tossed. And pretty soon you don't know that you can really can gain root and sprout again, you know? And it, this experience has caused me to step back and to realize that I need to take life for myself. This is my destiny. This is all of our own. We come into this world, we're the only ones that open our eyes, and we're the, really the only ones that will close our eyes. This is really a journey within our, just our own journey. So what do I want to do with my life, my journey? I want to take ownership now of my destiny. What, what's my purpose? Or what, what can I... What brings me joy? What do I... And it completely brought back me taking ownership now of my life again. And I've had a completely change of events since my accident. Um, I, I have stopped the most abusive, negative energy relationship that has haunted me for so long and all I can say is I made it I made it out the other end <laughs> and I am so grateful so because awesome. there there are somebody sometimes huge trials and when you overcome it out the other end and you look back it is so relieving I, I just can't explain it just in the small amount of words but it felt like the darkness was nipping at my heels all the time and coming out and having now a healthy boundary around me my life and now my destiny I'm feeling this igniting that's happening now within me and things are unfolding in miraculous way both in my personal life um, in social media and friends and interactions and just miracles that I know there's a force behind goodness of where things are going and it's going to be spectacular and I just want to share with other people how to create th that sacred space that healthy boundary so that you can be the purpose that you're intended to be fantastic fantastic Leslie is is there anything you're really afraid of are you afraid of death are you afraid of uh, that coming I'm I'm a well, if you know everything has a process, then you're not afraid of it. But I would, I would be afraid of um, selling myself short and having regret. Perfect. Yeah, that makes total sense. It does. Um, I want to touch on something that you that I've found out about you, and that is your owl and, and, and how you were into that. Talk about that because we're wrapping up the end of this session. And, and I actually, um, having talked to you just before this and talking about your owl, I want to do a follow-up. I want to do a part, a part two interview with you about this story. So talk just a little bit about this and then, and then we'll wrap up with a uh, final thought. Okay. You got it. We will do a follow-up because there's a whole it, it, it deserves its own merit. 
the passion, connection, and love of that I have of, with these owls. My first one coming when my brother, Remington, passed away, we were going to go get an owl. That was the last thing we were going to do. It was my first why owl. An, why an owl? What? I'm a licensed falconer, and I've worked with hawks, falcons, and all birds of prey, but I was so energetically drawn to having an owl. No falconers really um, hunt with owls. It was just, I... It just, it, I needed it. If it was vibrationally a match, and, and then he passed away. And before your brother, yes, he tragically um, passed away. He's a he's a police officer and coming home from work. Um, he was taken in a tragic accident, and um, I've actually even had many experiences with him since he's passed away, and he has been with me through this experience but when he passed away and before he was buried there's that week that an owl literally showed up on my doorstep for three days it just flew in yeah like on my back patio like on my it just kept showing up showing up on my patio on my railing on my I've never seen an owl before but it just was there and Uh it flew away, came back, flew away, came back. Like it was there for three days and I've always wanted to catch an owl. And I thought, okay. So I set a trap right there. I caught him on my picnic table and he laid in my arms for three days. It was the weirdest thing. My gosh. And we had this most amazing, spectacular relationship and that's what owls are. They're this connection to the unseen world. And it, it, my first owl came this way through my, and it had a, a connection really truly to my brother's spirit. And we'll go into that more going forward. Yeah, part but two, yeah. I've now had five owls and I have Oki, my owl, and it's sharing this connection I now have with owls, with the world, um, is I'm excited uh, to share. So you guys will love Oki. You'll love the path of what owls and their energy and what they bring to this planet. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> we will definitely do that. Now, in in, in conclusion, uh, just any final thoughts? Looking back, how's this been a blessing or, or a challenge? Oh, it's only been a blessing. Through challenges, they really are disguised as blessings. And I always do say this has happened for me, not to me. This... I could not have asked for a divine source to love me more to, and to give me this opportunity to go through what I've gone through. I mean, growing pains are blessings. And I'm now very, which I used to be dreadful for the future. I was just existing. And now I'm optimistic for the future. I'm excited for I the things that we can create. If, if anyone can just see, the, you know, we're going to try and uh, put this out on YouTube. But um, for those of you that are just listening to this audibly, I mean, Leslie has her arms waving in the air and pumping fists and, <laughs> and just biggest smile on your face. You are the happiest individual I've seen in a long time, and your energy is just incredible. Um, you know, I can see why you're you're charting your own destiny. You're you're making things happen. Your positive attitude's amazing. So, and thank you to people like you. I'm so grateful for new friendships like you. I know that we'll be able to make wonderful things together happen, and your destiny as well. It's contagious in you and so let good people just keep igniting good people like you are with all of us as well Bob thank you so much oh, you're more than welcome Leslie no I love it and and I want to thank you I want to thank you for this time of reflection and letting us share in your experience um, sharing being a part of your journey ultimately affects ours so please accept my greatest thank you uh, for being on the show <laughs> loved it and we'll look forward to part two part two namaste